Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. I'll start this way. But what makes the teaching ministry very powerful? Why this was the thing that Jesus told us to do most and did most while he was in the flesh on the earth. It is because of the power of revelation. The Bible speaks of grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is Peter. He says, Wherefore, guard up the loins of your minds and be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, as we continue to teach the revelation, to give you a revelation of Jesus Christ, the moment he is a revelation to you, not just an idea. And don't think that when you sit through a sermon and your mind understands it, therefore your spirit has a revelation of who Jesus is. But should God help you to come to the revelation as the word of God is being taught. Paul says, and to whom and least of all sins was given to me to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. And I was called, he says, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. To make you see. That's the power of the gospel. That if God, by his grace, can open your eyes to see what you must see concerning him. To have a revelation of who he is. He says, grace is brought to you. Grace is given you. That means every step of your way, wherever grace will operate, occupy, function, and apply, you need a place of revelation in your life. And the essence of revelation is not only to open you to the places you must be, but also to sustain and preserve you because it carries the mark, it carries the pattern of how to get there every time you need to access that particular grace. You know we have people who stumble in two things, okay? Sometimes Jesus in the scriptures is defined as a stumbling block. You know why he's called a stumbling block? But for many reasons, some people in the spirit realm stumble on certain things concerning Jesus. And when they stumble on those things, somehow they're transformed, they're healed. Maybe that day they were positioned in the right service and something was taught or spoken by a man or woman anointed by God and it changed their lives. Maybe a hand was laid on them and that hand had power and grace to extend. Maybe they aligned themselves to a certain pattern without knowing how or which way it happened. But for some reason, they managed to access some sort of grace operating on their life. And unfortunately, in the instances when they fail and need again to access that grace or need to extend that very grace to other people, some of them are not able. Why? Because they do not know the way to get it. They don't know the way to access it. God wants not only for you to walk in the revelation of who he is, but to understand the patterns, to understand the principles that take you there. That when you need to access that very grace, you know how to activate it. That's the secret of finding God when you need him. One day I said to some of us here, that there are people in this world who know how to find God when they need him. They know how to. I think that's the one thing that David knew that not many people know. How do we find God when we have lost it or lost him somewhere? You see, if you're a pastor, for example, and you know, there are those times you see a power of God manifest in the church and then one day you don't see and then tomorrow you see this and then next day you don't see anything and then and then some people say oh no it's just like that it's normal sometimes god will appear and sometimes he will not appear no no jesus never gathered men and did nothing he always did something 
He always did something because that's the power of the word. You have to learn to commend yourself to the consciences of men that even where you are not, your message is still hard if it is of Christ. Last evening, I received a very interesting testimony. This thing was a lady, gentleman, I don't know. She had a tumor in the stomach. And as she was listening to one of my sermons, the tumor disappeared. There was no place of let's pray. No. They were just by the word and the tumor left. They had a tumor in the stomach. And they sent me a message in the evening and said, you know what? I was on your sermon. I've had a tumor. And I just pressed it's nowhere. That is the work of the word. It must perform. It must accomplish that which it sends it out to accomplish. And it shall prosper in the thing he sends it. Somebody shout hallelujah. So wherever the word of God is in your spirit, it's prospering. You might not see it physically, but something is working in your life. Something is prospering you. Every other day, there's something adding to you as you sit in the word to study it. That's what he promised. It shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing where unto I send it. So when the word of God comes like it has come to you today, it is prospering in you because he sent it to prosper in you. Somebody shout amen. Shout glory to God. So you cannot be a person who has understood the word of God, who has been not only aligned, but established in truth. And you don't profit people every day of your life. It's not possible. For as long as you are alive, or for as long as the oracle of God is coming out of your mouth, you will always profit men. You see, some of us have not yet understood how much power God has given us which believe. One man said that if any man should speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. Let him speak as the oracles of God. Let him speak as the words of God. Let him speak as the revelations of God. Let him speak. That means it's not just supposed to be that one thing you, you apply because you're in service or that one thing you bring out of your heart because you're in trouble. It is supposed to be a way of life. You're supposed to be a living epistle. So he has said, known and read by all men. You're not written by ink. The Bible says you're written by the Spirit. And when the Bible says you're known and read by all men, that means you carry a print in the spirit realm where all men understand you, even they which have not met you. Carry the mark of your identity in the spirit realm by reason of the spirit of revelation operating on your life. Somebody say, that is me in Jesus' name. Now, when you read the Bible, when you study the word, it's something that I discovered when you start this walk of revelation. That's what separates faith from religion. Because religion just gives you ideas. Faith gives you experiences. It's an epiphany. It's a certain place with God that you're not able to explain to many people, but makes it so personal because it's not only intimate. It's not just intimate. It, it has imprinted a vision in your spirit that you might never be able to explain but the people who observe you because you know him will testify that there is something about you that is more than any other person that they know who has not known God. You follow? You're following? There will be something about you that separates you from even those you work with. Even those you relate with. Something will always make you different. It will always make you different. Somebody say amen. And so I started to study all the men and women that have been used in scripture. And I realized that they functioned and served in their generation according to the revelation with which God had revealed himself to them. And in the manner in which he reveals himself sometimes, some could build doctrines around that and think that that's all God could reveal. Like if he appears to Moses in the burning bush, they think that he will appear to Elijah in the burning bush. No, but with Elijah, it's a still small voice. So all of us have different revelations. To some, he appeared as a stone, the Bible says. He was a rock. Some, he was a pillar of fire. Some, he was a cloud. And some connected that this was God and some didn't. To Abraham, he appeared as a priest. He comes in the order of Melchizedek. He was in the flesh. The very spirit of Christ. The very spirit of Christ. The king of Salem, 
who had no beginning of days, no end of days, no birth, no mother, no father. And later then, when Paul meets that same man, Melchizedek, he realizes that it was Christ in the flesh. It was Christ in the flesh. Somebody shout hallelujah. When he's talking to Paul, he said, for this reason have I raised you as a witness and a minister. Of those things, he says, that I will show thee and in the things in which I shall appear unto you. My revelation. So we are ministers and witnesses of those things. Shout amen. If you haven't seen God, you cannot minister him. If you have not experienced him, you cannot witness him. He appeared to Abraham in Genesis 17 verses 1. And I want to read us something there. The Bible says, when Abraham was 90 years old and 9, that is 99, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. He appeared to him and told him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Verses 2, he says, I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And the Bible says in verse 3, Abraham fell on his face. And God talked with him saying, For me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name be any more called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I'll establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in thy generations for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and thy seed after thee. But this is what caught me. God revealed himself to Abraham as Almighty God. Now, if I say that in English, you will not understand it. You will not understand why the moment he reveals himself as Almighty God, the Bible says Abraham falls face down. Why does Abraham fall face down? Because your English calls it Almighty God. The Hebrew is El Shei. And why does El Shaddai? He's telling him, I am the all-powerful God. I am the all-sufficient God. I am the God, El Shaddai, that is more than enough. And the moment that word came into the spirit of Abraham, it was not just an idea, it was an experience. The moment that experience comes to his heart, the Bible says immediately he falls face down. Why? He had received an epiphany. He had received an experience. He had received a vision. Something had happened in his heart to give him a revelation of what it means to meet the Almighty God. Now, you sing it, you say it, you speak it when you're praying because you have borrowed that phrase from the other person you had speaking and your English probably is explaining that he's almighty as you can interpret it. But have you really gotten the revelation of what it means to be almighty? And why are the patriarch, our father, the moment this person says, I am almighty God, immediately he goes first down. Why? Because he realized that the God who had appeared to him was the God of all sufficiency. The God who had appeared to him was the God of all power with whom nothing was impossible. The God that appeared to him was the God who was more than enough. He was excess. He was so excess. He was way more than a man could ever want or dream of, or he could give way more than a man would ever want or need in life. And Abraham, unlike some people, goes into the place of meditating and contemplating this word called El Shaddai. And a vision hits his spirit. And when it hits his spirit in there, he cannot hold his body. He goes face down because the power of that revelation is so overwhelming interpretation because he's not just thinking it. God gives his spirit the grace to be able to understand what it means for the God of all sufficiency, the God who is more than enough, El Shaddai, to appear to a man. What did he want with him? I believe that when he's on that ground, God shows him what all sufficiency means. God reveals to him what all-powerful is. 
God reveals to him what it means to be and have more than enough. And when he is revealing that to him, now Abraham understands why God tells him, I will make thee a nation. He tells him, kings will come out of thee. Why am I saying such strong words? Because I have the power to do it. He's telling him, you shall be the head, you shall not be the tail. He's telling him that your children and children's children shall inherit the earth. Why am I telling you that? Because I know that I'm all sufficient and I'm more than enough to accomplish, to do everything that I'm promising you to do. He tells him that I shall increase you and multiply you. Your descendants on the earth shall be as the sand on the sea, if you can count it. Why am I saying it? Because I'm all sufficient. I carry all power to do everything I have said that I'm going to do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You believe God can heal. So why aren't you healed? Maybe he didn't want to heal me. Are you sure? Are you sure he didn't want to heal you? The scripture says he wills. In fact, the scripture says in 2 Peter 2.24, by his stripes ye were healed. Healing is the children's bread, the Bible says. For as many as have believed him, the Bible says he has given them the right to be sons and daughters, children of the Most High God. They that believe on his name, their sons and daughters. So if healing is a children's bread, why aren't you walking in healing? Maybe you don't understand fully with your spirit what that sufficiency means. Maybe your mind understands it because it sings it, but you have not gotten the revelation in your spirit what it means to have a God which is more than enough. Somebody shout hallelujah. He makes a covenant with him. He changes his name because names, they're not cleansed, they are changed. You see, some of you have names that it doesn't matter how born again you are. Look at every man whom God needed to transform and he had to change that name. He should have just consecrated that man's name. It would have been enough. But he calls Abraham, Abraham. He calls Simon Barjona. He calls him Simon Peter. He changes his name. Why does he change their names? He changes Jacob to Israel. Why didn't he just consecrate and cleanse that name because he's going to use him? Because names are not cleansed, they are changed. And some of you have Greek God names. And some of you have your African God names. Semusambwa, Robert. Semusambwa means the king of what? Demons. How can you be called the king of demons? You understand what I'm saying? As for some of you, if you're serious about your salvation, you will change your names. If you are serious about your salvation and you do not come to play, you will change some names. There are certain names you cannot be called. Somebody shout amen. And stop calling animals righteous names. Stop calling your animals God names. Call them those cartoon names. How can you call a dog Mark? That's desecration. Mark, call them Bolt. One of our church members has a dog called Bounce. She can call them those names. Somebody has a tattoo and they called it Elijah. Blasphemy. Fire. Fire times four. <laughs> you see, in our generation, we cannot understand the power of names and naming. But in what you will call the rites of passage in Jewish culture, when a child was born, one of the most fundamental rites of passage was their naming ceremony because names command destinies. Names define status before you become. Names speak into your days. And some of you should know that the name you're being called there, it's speaking into the years to come. So be careful what you're called. You see, it's like naming a child Lucifer. But then the child is born again. Ah, but he's called Lucifer. So when somebody says Lucifer, there are certain things that turn and see who you're calling. <laughs> it doesn't matter how righteous it sounds. But some of you are still sticking on names that are going to destroy your destiny and you still don't know that. Oh, but a new creation. Okay, you are a new creation. Then be called by the names that befit you as a new creature. Okay? So it is with the Old Testament. Many people start to meet him as El Shaddai, as Elion, you know, Tzidukenua, righteousness, Nisi Abana, you know. But it's important to understand God by his name because he revealed himself 
to these men by his name. And that name came with the essence of his function and the revelation of the power with which he was to operate in their lives to establish the covenants he made with them. That is why as you continue in the places of consecration, the Bible says you will be named. In Revelations 2.17, he that hath an ear, let him what? Hear the Spirit, what he is saying. For the Bible says, for he that overcometh, the Bible says he shall be given of the hidden manna and he will be given a white stone and on that white stone a name and that name written, no man will know saving he that receiveth it. So one of the distinctive marks of being elevated in the ranks of the Spirit, you will be named. And that name will mark you every time God wants to send an instruction. And the Bible says, and that name will be known by you which has received it on your God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Names are important to heaven. I said names are important to heaven. So now God reveals himself to Abraham as what? as the all-sufficient, almighty, powerful God that is more than enough. Then he tells him what that was going to do in his life. Then he gives birth to a son called Isaac. And when Isaac is full of age and he now wants to send that same revelation to his son Jacob because Isaac received the same from his father. In Genesis 28 verses 1, Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him. Remember the time when Jacob had taken Esau's blessing? You remember that time? The scriptures tell us his mother and father tell him, you know, run away because Esau will what? Will kill you. So Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padanaram, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from hence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty, El Shaddai, he said, Bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou may be a multitude of people. Because the moment that all sufficient God is mentioned, multiplication is inevitable. The moment that all sufficient God is mentioned, fruitfulness is inevitable. The moment that all sufficient God is mentioned, the power to change and multiply and increase and do signs, miracles and wonders is inevitable. Why? Because he is all sufficient to do all. He told him that may that God bless thee and give thee verses for, listen, the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee that thou may inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger which God gave to Abraham. What is that which he blessed Abraham with that Isaac is praying over Jacob to carry? That name, that name, the all-sufficiency of God. That was a blessing operating on Abraham to multiply and become a nation. Every seed of Abraham could become a nation. Shout amen. He goes to Jacob after Isaac is done. And remember the time when now Jacob is reconciled to Joseph? No, in fact, even before, you remember the time when famine hits and the brothers of Joseph go to Egypt to look for food. And then Joseph sends them for their young brother, who? Benjamin. When you read the scripture, the moment they go to their father and say that the man sent us for our brother, this man, Jacob, tells them, go with the God Almighty ahead of you, that your brother will be preserved and that that man, he said, I pray, might not harm your brother. Because that was the God, that was the name, that was the revelation of the person that was revealed to them from their fathers. And therefore, that's the life that they lived all through. When we go to the time when Jacob now is old and there's a reconciliation between Jacob and Joseph, and now Joseph brings the two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, to be blessed by Jacob. In Genesis 48 verses 3, Jacob said unto Joseph, El Shaddai, God Almighty, appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. So Jacob is also testifying that when God revealed himself to him, he appeared as El Shaddai. And he says, he blessed me and said unto me, I will make thee fruitful and I will multiply thee and I'll make of thee a multitude of people and I'll give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting covenant. We see that those three things consistent every time El Shaddai appears, he speaks of multiplication, he speaks of fruitfulness, and he speaks of inheritance. 
And then eventually he brings the two boys, he crosses the hands and blesses them according to the God that appeared to him at Bethel. The Bible tells us at his old age now, this is now who? Jacob. At his old age, when he wants to now bless his children, the previous one I was talking about, he was blessing his grandsons. At the time now when he wants to bless all his sons, okay, he calls them in Genesis 49 and prophesies on every son on what they will become because those are the 12 boys that become the 12 tribes of Israel. When he gets to Joseph in verses 42, he says, Joseph is a fruitful underline bow, a fruitful bow by the well, whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely gripped him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow abode in strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the almighty God of Jacob. From hence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, even by the God of thy father who shall help thee and by the almighty, he again introduces him as El Shaddai, who shall bless thee with the blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breasts and the blessings of the womb, the blessings of thy father. He said, because you have met El Shaddai, the blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of thy progenitors and to the uttermost bond of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. Let me explain. He says, because I met God El Shaddai, God made sure that in every generation he anointed the son more than he had anointed the father and the same anointing that was working on me as Jacob now rests on you Joseph you are a continuation of generational anointing but not as one who is a cheap copy of a great original no I want to multiply you to a place where the anointing that operated on your life is going to be greater than the anointing that operated on me as your father that is El Shaddai it guarantees how our children will be like I said it guarantees how our children will be like. It assures you that you are going to be greater than your parents and no doubt your children are going to be greater than you. That's El Shaddai. But you see, when he's talking to him, he appears to him as El Shaddai. That's the Almighty, he says, he gives Joseph. That's the Almighty he gives Joseph. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you know distinctively what Joseph, typification, means later in the New Testament, which is a picture of the Christ. When he goes to Exodus, chapter 6, Moses is in war with Pharaoh and he wants to release the children of Israel from the hand of Pharaoh. The Lord said unto Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let those children of Israel go. With a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God, listen, spoke to Moses and said unto him, he said, I am the Lord and I appeared to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob by the name of El Shaddai, but by my name, Jehovah, I was not known of them. I did not reveal myself to them as Jehovah. To you, I'm revealing myself as Jehovah. But to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I revealed myself as El Shaddai, the God which is all sufficient, the God which is all powerful, the God which is almighty. And do you think it's a coincidence that he's trying to demystify this thing to Moses to help him understand that there's a clear dichotomy between how I revealed myself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and how I'm revealing myself to you. Now, those of you who pray and say, may the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob go before you. Do you know what you mean? This is exactly what you mean. You're talking about the revelation of God in the name of who he is as El Shaddai. That's what makes him the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now let me start preaching. I was just teaching. How can you worry whether you're going to pay fees when you have the all-sufficient God? How can you worry that you're going to fail to get a husband in this world when you have the all-sufficient God? Somebody shout, Amen! 
He says, if you need money, I am more than enough. If you need wisdom, I am more than enough. If you need strength, I am more than enough. If you need power, I am more than enough. If you need grace, I am more than enough. Now, the Bible says exceedingly, abundantly, above that which I dare to ask or think according to the working power that worketh in you. The Amplified says that this God is able to do infinitely beyond your highest prayer. How high could you pray? And God says, I can actually get it as high as you've prayed it and show you that I can actually do more than you have prayed. How much can you desire? And he says, I can actually get into what you desire and make sure that when I give it to you, you will say, this was more than I could ever desire. And you say, oh God, beyond your highest thoughts now, what can you think? Are you thinking you're the Queen of England? He says, infinitely, abundantly above your thoughts. He says, I can walk above your hope. I can even walk above your dreams. Somebody says, I dreamt when I was the richest man in the world. He says, I can get into that dream and make sure that I do exceedingly abundantly above that which you dare to ask or think. Now, I love the word dare. That kind of language is not the things that are practical, the things that are measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound. <laughs> they are not smart. No, 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 no. Those are not things you dare to ask. You just ask, Father, I want a car. It's not in the realm of dare. Father, I want clothes. It's not in the realm of dare. I'm talking about that thing where you want to ask for it and you first fear. He <laughs> said, but ha, God, I'm asking for so much. Now he says, infinitely above all that we dare ask. Well, God will say, I dare you to ask for it. It's so big, Ronald. Ask, ask. I know it's big, ask. You ask. You ask. No, 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 no. Go, God, can I? You ask. Mm, I, I ask. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And then you say, I want this. And he says, no, 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 brother. I can actually do infinitely beyond. If he had said beyond, it was enough. He had said infinitely beyond. That means your articulation, your mathematics, your interpretation, your logic, your reasoning cannot be able to interpret what God is able to do. And that is also above what you dare to ask because you think it was higher. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the God that appeared to Abraham. And Abraham goes on his face and says, oh my God, what is this? Who is this? What has appeared to me? The man was worshiping the sun for years. He was a son of terror. The Bible tells us that Abraham was a son of terror. And the Hebrew word terror means delay. No one at 75, he had not yet left his father's house. No one at 75, 99, he had still not yet had a child. Because he was a seed of the spirit of delay. And God appears to that man and tells him, you're 99. But I am El Shaddai. And I am here. <laughs> What is a barren womb? What is an old body? That is why the Bible says, and Abraham staggered not at the promise through unbelief. But the Bible says, but he was strong in faith, bringing glory to God. For he was fully persuaded that the God who promised was also able to perform. Asobola! That's the faith that our father had. He was fully persuaded that he which had promised was also able to perform. That's what makes him El Shaddai. I'm almighty, all powerful, all sufficient. I am more than enough. I can do it. Everything I've spoken. Now, that's why when the Bible says, whatsoever you shall ask when you pray, some of us have started to be very careful when we pray because we have realized how much liberty is available in our prayer. Sometimes there are things I sit in my room, I've started the exercise of praying. Crazy prayers. 
And after that, thank God for the infinitely above. Who has understood what I just said? Slap someone and tell them that's me. I mean, you ask, you pray, and after praying, you say infinitely above, infinitely above. God wants to overrun anything that you could count. God wants to overflow anything you want to be filled. God wants to overrun anything you want moving. God wants to sustain and outgive and... But they don't know that God. Many don't know that God. That's why they can accept to be broke. They can accept to be beggarly. They can accept to be sick. They can accept to settle for less. Let me tell you, once you understand this, you'll design a family emblem. You'll draw a crest. You'll start telling your children that in the years to come, we are kings and queens. Align yourself already because God has a plan for us, not to harm us, but to make us prosper. And the Bible says, and to give you an expected end. That is why the power of expectation is important, especially parents when you're speaking to your children. Don't send your children to school telling them, you're going to school, don't forget who we are. You know what I go through, how much poverty we have. No, tell them go and perform because you know who we are. <laughs> oh, we need to have enough wisdom to rule the worlds to come. Go and perform because you know who we are. Kings need to seek our counsel. Go and perform because you know who we are. Presidents need to come to our rising and Gentiles to our light. Go to school and study because you know who we are. We need to plan for the world. That's a parent who knows what they are building. Somebody shout amen. Shout glory to God. That's why when I ask, I want to be a bit extravagant. Extravagant. Because I know the God whom I'm standing before. Heaven has no savings account. Uh -uh, that's on the earth only. On earth we save. In heaven there is no savings. Come on somebody. Whether Paul or Apollos. Whether things present or things to come. He says, all are yours. And you are Christ's. Whatever is on the earth, you will not need in heaven. So some of you who think you're going to be rich in heaven. Okay. Listen. The inheritance in heaven is not incorruptible things of gold and silver. Do you know that? That's what the Bible says. But that inheritance in heaven, he says, is incorruptible. It's not of corruptible things like gold, silver, and all these other things. No, 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 no. In heaven, you won't need dollars. No. It's another place of provision. It's different. You need dollars on the earth. Somebody shout hallelujah. Everything that comes out of the earth, God has said, is yours. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that the king is profited by the earth. That's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes. The profit of the earth is for all and the king himself is served by the field. When you carry a kingly anointing, you'll understand that when they say they found gold, it's yours too. When they say they found diamonds, it's yours too. But I don't work in that factory, but you're a king. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says you've been made kings and priests to the most high God. Just position yourself and say, all God has positioned for me. I receive in the name of Jesus. That's why that's the same El Shaddai that tells this man Joseph that you shall eat of the hidden things, even the riches of the darkness. They're all yours. Everything you'll ever need. There is nothing you are believing God for that by him is not available more than you need. Do you understand? It's like walking in a house and you're hungry. Huh? You've walked into a house and you're hungry. To find a plate of food enough to feed you is not El Shaddai. To find a mountain of food. <laughs> to find a mountain of food when you needed a plate. Oh! <laughs> that is El Shaddai. That's El Shaddai. That's El Shaddai. That is El Shaddai. That's the all-sufficient. Oh, I dream to be this. I can make you more than you dream to be. 
Oh, but I'm African, so what? But I'm black, so what? Oh, but I come from a poor family, so what? But I'm short, so what? But I have a big visa and a small list, so what? But I don't have books, I didn't go to school, so what? God doesn't look at those credentials. No, he has appeared. He has appeared. He has appeared. He has appeared. Blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Given everything that pertains to life and godliness through the epignosis of him that has called us unto glory and virtue. Through that knowledge, the perfect and complete knowledge of God, of things ethical and divine. I know that I'm a wonder in this earth. That's what the Bible says. Glory to God. Glory to God. He says, I shall make thee the head. Why? Because I'm walking infinitely beyond. I shall make thee the head and not the tail. And now shall be, you know, I love that word only. He says, thou shall be above only. I love that word only. It was enough he had said you shall be above, but he said you shall be above only. Only those things of you know, be careful, eh? You might take a few weeks, eh? And this thing, eh? It can come trembling down, and tomorrow you're nothing. Fire! Only above. Glory to God. Hallelujah. From primary one to university, your child will be only above. From the time you started to walk, upward and upward only. When we started Fanero, for as long as we are here, glory to God, we shall only be above and above only. And he said, you shall not be beneath. My zeal shall not allow you to be lost. Even when you look like you're lost, I'll create a certain way. That the first become last, so the last becomes first. Excuse my German. Jesus says, the last shall be the first, and the first shall be the last. He says, many are called, but few are chosen. He can get the last guy and say, because you're last, let me tip it. In my language, they call it Okubinula. You are last here. And then God does like this. <laughs> and then they put you down. And then God says, what are you doing here? <laughs> Slap somebody! Forget about failing. It is too late. Forget about losing. It is too late. Forget about being last. It is too late. El Shaddai is with you. Glory to God. Abraham didn't fail. Isaac didn't fail. This man goes to a well and it is dry and the Philistines have dug it before and it cannot bring water but that anointing of all sufficiency digs the same well and water comes out where it cannot come out. Hallelujah. The business that does not work works for you. They studied it fails. By the day you start it, El Shaddai comes and pours some oil on it, more than enough, and it catches the customers that you never expected. What doesn't work, works. Why? He tilts it for you. The Bible says, blessed be the God which performeth all things for me. The Bible says, for all things are for your sex, that through the thanksgiving, your thanksgiving, your thanksgiving, this might redound to the glory of God. Everything is for your sake. Even that which looks like it doesn't work, even that appointment letter that was canceled, even that kind, <laughs> even that little boy that chucked you last Tuesday, Everything is for your sake because all sufficiency is available. Glory to God. That termination letter, all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Verse 16, for which cause he says we do not faint regardless of what happens we don't give up. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is what? Renewed daily for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why we look 
not of the things which are seen for the things you see cancer HIV they are temporal they have an expired debt but the things which are not seen the Bible says they are eternal why because El Shaddai is here the all-sufficient one is there hallelujah glory to God you fire me there is an all-sufficient one you get rid of me there is an all-sufficient one you say you don't need me there is an all-sufficient one that can still tap from his sufficiency and feel my insufficiency Paul says not that the sufficiencies of us as of to think of anything by us but the sufficiencies of God which has made us able ministers of the covenant whatever the New Testament has said I carry the divine ability to perform all-sufficient that's why no man in this world should lie to you that they carry a vote on your life that without them you cannot be basket no listen with or without you they will make it why because they have God they have God they have God they have God somebody shout hallelujah yeah yeah. Listen, don't worry about food. Don't worry about your health. Don't worry about what the doctor said your womb carries and doesn't carry. You're with the all-sufficient God right now. <laughs> my God, my God. My God, my God. Oh, COVID season killed things. Let it kill them all at once. All-sufficient did not leave you. El Shaddai never left your home. Glory to God. Do not stake your inheritance on what a man could ever pay you. Because no man can pay you enough. The only one that can give you enough is the same that gave you more than enough. You will make it. You will make it. Whether the devil wants it or not, you will make it. And let me ask you to dream crazy. Stop dreaming cheap dreams. Stop speaking calculable plans. Speak things that you don't look like. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. Let me tell you something. Everything we have prayed for as a ministry, we have seen God do. And he has done exceedingly. When we think we are done, he plans and does something bigger. You've seen the lame walk here. You've seen blind eyes see. You've seen the cripple. What haven't you seen? This was not possible in Uganda in 2014. It was not possible. Somebody told me educated folk don't pray. Oh my goodness. They leave their offices. They leave their consultancies and come and sit in the presence of God and preach the gospel too. Why? Because he's all sufficient. He's all sufficient. I have done personally things that my account would not speak. My tribe could not speak. Some of you, even the way you're dressed, you don't look like your grandfather already. They just need to go one generation back and see that the Lord has been good. <laughs> oh my goodness, do I have a witness? They just need to look at you and you don't look like your father, you don't look like your grandfather. Some of us, maybe some of you, your grandfathers never even put on shoes. Already, it has already changed. Some of you, you were the first degree in your father's house. If they go generations and generations, there's never been anything that could graduate. Nothing. You're the first master's degree in your father's house. You were the first to even sit in a car and drive and you owned. Oh, can I see those that have been first? Even sitting in an airplane, your genes started shaking. The DNA in you was like, where am I? Everything got lost and your stomach started rumbling. Why? Because you were the first. Your genes don't know it. <laughs> May God take you where your genes don't know. 
Now I see the power that performs more than enough. I want you to open your mouth right now and speak to God. Speak to God. You are great. You are great. Pray. You are great.
and Jacob is with you he goes before you and behind you to multiply you he goes behind you and in front of you to make you fruitful you shall inherit the lands where you will go you shall be the heads and not the tail God will establish your going in and your going out your name will be known even before you step in places and God will place people before you to advance and advantage you to progress you and speak well of you kings are coming to your rising gentiles are coming to your light strangers are serving you receive it oh presidents will look for you the mightiest in the world will come looking for you not by power not by might but by my spirit says the lord the spirit of poverty is not your portion the light of god shines upon you your star is so bright it is with power influence and affluence when they need the greatest they will look for you when they're looking for the wisest they'll look for you when they're looking for those of integrity and them which they can trust they will look for you when they're looking for the influential ones they will look for you when they're looking for answer givers they will look for you when they're looking for gatekeepers they will look for you when they're looking for destiny helpers they will look for you when they are looking for distinctive marks and distinctive anointings they will look for you if you receive it i want you to shout amen thank you lord come on louder than that say hey. thank you jesus so sickness is not your portion you have more than enough healing hallelujah you have more than enough healing do you know the lord just told me something that there are people here poverty has been a family issue it's not with two or three and when poverty enters a household it becomes a spirit and it's leaving some households today, today. receive it in jesus name receive it in jesus name your children's children will never see that again in jesus mighty name those family sicknesses the asthmas and the hypertension we have refused them now diabetes in your family we have refused it now you're going to be the first to live a full life without diabetes in your body if it was there i have cast it out in jesus mighty name i see progress in jesus mighty name hallelujah so if you are here and you've never given your life to christ if you're there and you say today i want to receive jesus as my lord and savior repeat this after me say lord jesus i thank you because you died 
for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. I'm this born sermon again. has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowship at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.